But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, Since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish, and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Indeed, Lord our God, baptize us with your Holy Spirit. Grant us to be worthy to receive the fullness of who you are, God. We know that one day we will see you as you are, and we will be like you. We thank you for that mercy that you pour out on us, even for us to pray to you this night. Help us in this season of Advent. Help us as we go back to the beginning. Help us most of all to pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great to see everyone. Second Sunday of Advent. It's got four Sundays. Doesn't change. It's always here. It's reliable. It's like that good old ham and cheese sandwich, that Advent. But tonight, we are finishing, mark my words, children, We are finishing our sermon series in the book, Being Christian by Rowan Williams, The Essentials of Christianity. What is essential to being a Christian? If you haven't bought this book and read it, it's a very inexpensive book. Buy it at your local bookstore. It's a very easy read. I wholeheartedly commend it to you. And I'm going to give us a, just a pass over his chapter on prayer tonight. But I want to call your attention to just a couple of things. So look at my watch. Notice tonight's scriptures. We had Isaiah the prophet proclaiming that the Messiah was coming, that something that all the flesh would see the glory of the Lord, that God's glory was revealing this. We have St. Peter writing to this brand new church, telling them about false teachers, but also helping them be prepared for the day of the Lord, telling them that a new heavens and a new earth is coming, 
in which righteousness will dwell. And what that reminds us of is all of the injustice, all of the difficulty, all of the frustration, the anxiety, the bafflement of this age will one day be completely done away with. And the fights that we fight and the struggles that we struggle with, friends, they're going to be gone. And we give glory to God. And so we do, as St. Peter said, we hasten the day of the Lord's coming. How do we do that? talk about that in a minute. And you notice that last Sunday, our gospel lesson was from almost the very end of Mark. So we went from the end of Mark, focusing on the second coming of Christ, to the what? The beginning, the beginning of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mark quotes that beautiful passage from Isaiah 40. So we have all of this preparing us not just to celebrate Christmas, but preparing us for the second coming of our Lord and doing just what St. Peter said, hasten the day of the Lord's coming. And one way we can do that is by prayer. There's sharing the gospel. There's doing the works of light, casting off the works of darkness as we talked about last night, putting on the armor of light so that we can live in the light and work in the light. But tonight, we're going to speak about prayer. Now, again, I'm going to be quoting a lot from Williams. Rowan Williams, Being Christian, The Essentials of Christianity, Baptism, Bible, Eucharist, and Prayer. Williams says three things about prayer in this beautiful chapter. He says, first, prayer is God's work in us. Think about that for a minute. Prayer is a deeply intimate thing that we participate in with God. It is God's work in us. Secondly, and I'll come back and give us more detail on each of these. Secondly, prayer is the life of Jesus Christ coming alive in you and me. Prayer is the life of Jesus Christ coming alive in you. And lastly, prayer is about fidelity, faithfulness, sticking to it, just doing it, just pray. And we'll talk about that. But first, let's look at this. Prayer is God's work in us. William says this, it is not trying to, prayer, is not trying to persuade God to be nice to us or to get God interested in us, but it is opening our minds and hearts to the Father. As Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father. So we're opening our hearts and our minds to the Father to say, oh Father, here is your Son praying in me. And through me, the Holy Spirit, please listen to your son praying in me because I want him to be working and acting and loving in me. So what does that mean? We know from what St. Paul writes in the New Testament that when we are in Christ, he is in us. There is a union. And so when we pray, whatever we pray, it's as if if Christ is praying and vice versa. Whatever Christ prays, we pray. And so when we pray, we remember our position before God. It's not anything that we've earned. It's not anything that we've worked for, though prayer is work, to be sure. It's an intentional choice. It's something that we do. 
But we're able to stand in this position of access. We're able to stand in this position of openness. We're able to stand as adopted sons and daughters, as St. Paul would say in Romans 8, in Galatians 4, that the spirit of adoption cries out from us, Abba, Father. So we have this deep, intimate relationship with God that is like the relationship that we can have with our earthly father. So much so that Jesus said, when you pray, pray our father. He's saying that the relationship I have with God, this eternal community of divine love, you can have that too through union with me. So when you pray, remember that it is God's work in you. That God is cultivating community. That there's something, something much greater happening in you. More than that, Origen, a great saint of old of the third century, Origen of Alexandria, often we call him, he addresses this question on his treatise in prayer. He says, well, if God knows what we're going to pray, which obviously he does because God knows everything, if he knows what we're going to pray before we pray it, why do we even bother to pray? And Origen says, because God wants you to be involved in the process. And he wants to be involved in you in the process. So you get to decide if you're going to pray and be involved in God's work in you and in the world. That's a lofty idea, but it's beautiful. At the heart of it is this, this gracious self-giving where God says, come, pray, let me work in you. Secondly, prayer is the life of Jesus coming alive in you. We find that when we pray, we start doing the works of Jesus. It's a lot like being baptized. When we're baptized, we go to where Jesus is, into the chaos, to the marginalized, the oppressed. When we pray, we find that we're drawn to do acts of reconciliation. We're drawn to welcome people. In fact, that's one thing that people always say about St. Bart's. And it's one of our values. It's hospitality, that people feel welcome. I wonder if people feel welcome who've never experienced us, if they feel welcome as they're experiencing us online. Wouldn't that be interesting to find out? But when people get here, when they're around us and with us, they feel Connected, And so when you're praying, the work and life of Jesus is coming alive in you. You find that you are more cheerful to give. You're find, you find that you're quicker to forgive, not just your brother, but your enemy. And you find that you're quicker to go back to that secret place and to pray again and again. And again, William says, in order to pray, we will engage in reconciliation and mercy and freely extending the welcome and the love of God to others. The same welcome and love that's been extended to us. Prayer is the life of Christ coming alive in us and flowing out of us. So you see, there are solitary moments of prayer. There is quietness and solitude. We have to have that. But there's also always an outflow of prayer where it's being lived out. It's being 
incarnated, if you will. It's being fleshed out in our lives. And that's not just our good effort. It's not just because we're A plus students or maybe solid B minus students. It's because it's the life of Christ in us. It is sacred. Do you see? Do you see how all of life can now be a sacrament if the life of Christ is being worked out in us? All of life is holy and beautiful. And lastly, William says, prayer is about fidelity, faithfulness, and in a very British way, he says, sticking to it. <laughs> I love that. This is, this is what William says. This is probably my favorite point. I may not know quite what God is doing or what is going on, but as prayer deepens, I am less and less likely to know what is going on. So think about that for a minute. What is, what is the last time you've done a thing that you don't really know what's happening, but you've been given some instructions and so you do it? And yet the more and more that you do it, the less and less you know about it. But you know that you're doing it. It's like a, this is like an Aesop's fable or some riddle my children would learn at their school. But isn't it, isn't it true, though, that the more you pray, that the closer you get to God, that the realize the less there is that you know about God, you see more stuff in you, but it's okay because you know you are loved without qualification. Isn't that freeing? That's what perfect love is. Perfect love casts out all fear, St. John says. And so we know we are loved no matter what. And so we can persist in prayer. We can keep going. We can stick to it in that great British way, even though we know less and less of what's going on. William says, I may feel baffled. I may feel depressed. I may feel anxious. But that's okay. Stay in prayer. He concludes like this. Prayer is your promise and pledge to be, fair, to be there for the God who is there for you. Have you ever thought about prayer that way? Prayer is your promise and pledge to be there for the God who is there for you. Now, God doesn't necessarily need us like he's lacking something if we're not there. But again, he wants us to be there. I love when my kids come close to me. And through different stages of their lives, they may not want to be close to me. But as a father, it's my greatest delight when they're close to me. And when I can, I can involve them in my grand schemes. <laughs> and our God is there for us in the frustration of prayer. When it feels like there is absolutely no answer or that there never will be an answer, God says, cry out to me. Continue to pray. When all we feel is depressed and anxious and baffled and confused and we want to take this little discipline of prayer that we've developed and just kick it to the curb, throw it to the side, God says, come, pray. The Spirit and the bride say, come. 
You see, this new creation, this new heavens and the new earth, that when Christ returns, he will bring about, prayer is the beginning of that new creation in us. As it is God's work in us, as it is the life of Christ coming alive in and through us, and as we prove ourselves faithful. If we do anything with prayer, I beg of you, friends, especially in a year like this, especially in a season like Advent, don't stop praying. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God in heaven, we beg of you to help us to pray. When we, we feel scared and alone and we don't feel like prayer will help, teach us to pray. When we feel exuberant and accomplished and proud and that we have no need of you, teach us to pray. And when we're suffering, when life seems not to have meaning and we're struggling and fighting and we're confused and we don't know what to do, oh God in heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we beg of you, teach us to pray on the second Sunday of Advent and for the rest of our days. Amen.